Another episode of Soapboxing with Corian. I believe we're at episode five now. Can you believe it? Can't believe it. But for this great milestone, I brought in the team, three of the people that I trust the most, especially with an issue as sensitive as this. But it's definitely something that we need to talk about. And I'm very excited to break this down with everyone. So once again, for first-time listeners, Soapboxing with Corian is the podcast where we take pressing issues in the soap opera world, break them down, debate, and discuss them with our panel of soap experts. And again, as I mentioned before, the panel today is really great. Some of my favorite people. We have Ryan, Ashley, and Jonathan here. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, Corian. Yay. It feels like old times. Yeah, all back. <laughs> Aww. Doesn't it make you tear up? <laughs> I'm a gangster. I don't tear up. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, <laughs> this subject, depending on what side of the fence you're on, might make you tear up because we're going to kind of rip it to shreds. <laughs> so I really wanted to talk about, I think as we move more into the 21st century and we see, especially in quarantine, social media has really become just a regular average part of everyday life. Before it used to be like a commodity, you know, if you had internet at home, you know, maybe you could go online for like a few hours <laughs> before dinner, but like people are always online now. And alongside of us, you know, normal people, a lot of our favorite celebrities are online and that includes soap stars. So I really want to, to kind of talk about soap Twitter and the bubble of that, including you know the stars, because I feel like more so than any other fandom, the soap stars are extremely close to the fans, especially on social media. So I wanna know, are soap stars and Twitter and Facebook and all of these other social media platforms, is it helpful or is it harmful? Because there have been a lot of instances where we've seen some of our favorite people in new, and often unflattering lights. So the main question, you know, is basically when and how should we hold these people accountable? And at what point do we have to stop making excuses for people as we're caught up in this whirlwind of constant connection in the world of social media? So and I know this topic is a lot and I know it encapsulates very many things, but, uh, I think it'll be really interesting to hear everyone's point of view on this. So I really want to start off with someone who has been at the forefront of soap, Twitter, social media drama, and that is General Hospital's reigning star supreme, Maurice Bernard. So, <laughs> so I wanna throw it to Ryan on this one first. You know, we've heard stories, allegedly, you know, he can be a bit of a monster on set, but it's kind of turning out that he's a bit of a monster offset as well, allegedly. Allegedly. So I want to say, you know, 
why do people in that position continue to get passes? Do you think it's because of his longevity on the show? What sort of things do you think has been breeding this sort of behavior, which will break down a little more? Well, <clears throat> when you are enabled, when you have people who um, cater to your needs, your wants, your temper tantrums, your uh, desires, it reduces your it, it reduces your ability to accept responsibility for the things that you do say and the things that you do. Um, this is not a problem that happened overnight. This is something that has been allowed to happen over the course of decades. And it's only that because of social media, because these things are able to be spotlighted that we're even able to know. Because before you would read gossip in the magazine, back when they would actually print salacious gossip and things like that. Now, you know, it's about protecting the business. So they don't do that. But you hear rumors and you try not to believe them or you see problematic things that are said and you kind of side-eye them and you're willing to give people the benefit of doubt because you might have met them multiple times at fan events or they've always been nice to you or other people like them or you, in this instance with Maurice Bernard, you take it at face value. Well, so-and-so was my friend. I would never say anything to, you know, hurt them. And then you realize that no feelings are hurt. Things are said. And it's very difficult uh, because I love aspects of social media, but social media has mm -hmm. also shown me how I'd much rather not know about the day-to-day -day happenings of other, of other people's Same. lives because Same. then I can't be disappointed, you know? Exactly. And here's the thing, and I, I think it I, I think it definitely stems from, you know, we, we talk about this allegedly because the truth is we we weren't there. We don't know, you know, the truth of every single event. You know, we only hear stories and see, you know, what's printed. That's just completely one side of the story. But I, I think like it really when you start to see it kind of permeate more, like you were saying, like you see it presented right in front of you, it's jarring because it, it it's like it's kind of like those old segments where they're like, oh, you know, our favorite stars are just like us, like those little weird sections in magazines where you would see them at the grocery store and things like that. Um, but like a little more, not sinister, but just like it, it's sad because you can see that kind of thinking. I feel definitely comes from you know living in a patriarchal society. You know, it's like, why does this one male star get you know? say so and so many things and you know back when the the ron carlovati feud started when ron was still writing at general hospital you know you see the two they still interact to this day not in the best way so like clearly something went down so it just makes you wonder why does that why does that still continue to be rewarded why like what about that behavior is okay to people in power. This makes me really curious. So I, I kind of want to throw that to Ashley. Like, do you think it's more so like a, do you think it's because he's a man? Do you think it's because he's Maurice Bernard or Sonny Corinthos? Like, what is your, what is your feeling on this whole phenomenon? Uh, all of the above. Um, I, I think that General Hospital and Maurice Bernard pretty much are go hand in hand, despite the fact that that's not how the show has been for the majority of the show. 
Um, I think they've had more years before him as a soap than they have with him. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they've been on for what, 58 years. He's been on for 20 of that, I think. Um, So I do think that it's all of that, but they're not the only soap opera that's like that. If you look at the four soaps left, very true. you can pick out who the star of that show is, who the show caters to, both with writing and with almost anything else as far as flying people in and out or whatever. You know, you, you can point that out. But I think there's a bigger issue when it comes to soap stars, you know, you know, using social media in a way that gets them in trouble and not having any repercussions for it. I have always exactly, and I think I've, that's the biggest with this person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've always felt that of the entire entertainment uh, industry, as much as we talk about how um, <laughs> how uh, they don't understand what it's like to cater to a minority group, the soap genre is the most segregated genre of the entire entertainment industry to me. Nobody cares about soaps other than the people who watch them. It's not like the movie industry. It's not like primetime TV. It's not even like, you know, early daytime TV with talk shows and things like that. The soap genre is in its own little bucket. So it takes a lot of uh, outcry from outside of that bucket for anybody to care. The closest that I think that we've ever gotten to that was when, um, was during the Viola Davis thing remember when mm-hmm. um somebody nancy. says something they should when nancy says something she shouldn't have said that was the most that we've seen the general population care about a soap star and what they said on social media otherwise people don't care outside of our little bubble nobody cares what ingo says nobody mm-hmm. cares what maurice says or does nobody outside of us nobody gives a damn so it's never going well, to be punished and even when they do like it's very pick and choose what they they show because we've seen and we're going to talk about it later with some of these people they get tmz articles even written about them but it's kind of like even not made to the big deal that say a cw star doing the exact same thing Mm -hmm. would have and it's just it's frustrating to to see happen and i think it's frustrating as well because you know going back to just social media in general It's great that it's given us access to so many of these things, but I also think it sort of helped, it it kind of like, it kind of built an even bigger fan base for for people and like not everyone necessarily deserves to have that much power behind them. So it's kind of like, if you're the only person screaming about this, but they have tens of thousands of undying fans for the last 25 years, literally no one's ever going to hear you. Like Ashley said, you know, they're not going to write articles about it because they're going to block that out. Mm-hmm. So it gets to like this really, like it, it's a dangerous point because I, I think what was really shocking to me was that video that he did with Ingo Rademacher, who is, who's known for some things, which we'll talk about as well. <laughs> but the video that he did pretty much criticizing Nancy Lee Gron um i don't know if you guys remember that do you does anyone want to talk to that a little bit well what happened in the video was basically ingo was on set and he was on some instagram live i want to say or some type of video call with maurice and he's talking about well look who i get to work today with and just kind of like 
actively making it known how displeased they were to interact with each other um, based primarily on their, you know, political views. And I think something that's important for us Mm -hmm. to say now is that just because we don't agree with these people from a political standpoint, that's not what this podcast is about. Like this is addressing the toxic Mm -hmm. behaviors of those actions. We can have disagreements in opinions on things of a political nature, but this is not what this is about. This is about the actions behind the things that they're saying and what they're saying. It's not necessarily that, you know, Oh, he's a Republican and she's a Democrat. It's, you know, the deeper message here. Yeah. And I, and I think what was alarming to me with that video was that if a female soap star had done that gone. Yeah, absolutely. Ripped to shreds by the entire fan base first. And then campaigns would have been started for that woman to leave the show. If they would dare say they didn't want to work with, especially if it was this person, you know, it, and it, and it was just really jarring that so many people did try to excuse that. And it's, you know, granted as Ashley brought up, Nancy isn't always everyone's favorite. Like Jonathan said as well, we do not agree with every single thing that, you know, a person says, but I I feel like there was just like a lack of common sense and understanding and, and empathy to just put that out there where knowingly thousands and thousands of your undying fans who will listen to this and take that to heart. And then I bet you now they also feel the exact same way about, you know, about Nancy, but they have no idea who this woman, this woman is, Mm -hmm. but they're just so caught up in that, in the Maurice Bernard, Sonny Corinthos and the melting of those two characters that, you know, it's impossible to separate us. So, Going off that, do you think that, and this goes to the panel, but do you think that the issue is that people also have a problem separating the character from the reality of the actor and that social media has just expanded on that toxic environment? Always. That's always the answer. There is no other answer than that because you don't know these people personally. So you're associating the character in your mind with who they actually are. That's all it's ever been. And you're not going to be able to convince me otherwise. People have jumped in my in, in my mentions and said, oh, well, because I think I said something uh, not too long ago about something that Camilla had done. We'll get there. Um, where I was like, you guys go out of your way to con- just excuse the things that these people do because they play your favorite character. And somebody jumped in my mentions and said, well, you would do the same thing if it was Victoria Conniffle. I was like, no, I wouldn't because I don't know Victoria Conniffle. I've talked to her right. once. I don't know her. I don't. Even, the only person who I would ever defend like that would probably be Brighton James. And I wouldn't even do it for him if he had done or said something stupid that I don't agree with. I don't have this ideology where I just idealize these people because they play a character on a show. I don't, I don't possess that ability. I don't know what that feels like. I, I, I really don't. It's I am not so, that deep. Bo- I'm so people, born to that. These people act I, like these, <laughs> like char- these actors and these characters are like, they're best friends and they're, you know, yeah, they hang out the on the every day and but like, so close. And it's, I but don't like granted, it. It, it does, it does make sense though, because like you said, like some of these people are with them every single day. So there, there is like, I feel like, yes, I agree with Ashley and I agree with, I think everyone on this call is also the same as well. Like we don't have that 
that that delusion but I feel like to a certain extent though like that is kind of what brings us to soap operas is like we can kind of go on a journey with a character and we do become attached to them and that also is kind of why we're surprised sometimes too when we see things that we don't like because I'm sure you know people think that Sonny Corinthos is like this suave sexy gentleman and they probably think Maurice Bernard is the exact same way and I can guarantee you there's probably some fans who probably saw that video or other things in particular and were turned off by it but it's just it's alarming that like and I feel like that's like a normal level of like a soap fan like you're gonna be attached to your character you know you've watched Marlena get kidnapped and fight her way to freedom and get to John you know for 25 years like that's your girl that's your ride or die but like that doesn't mean that you know Deidre Hall exactly and I think people like really do need to start realizing that because letting that this sort of behavior is allowed to perpetuate because these people turn blind eyes to those things and if the fan base is okay with it the show execs they're just gonna keep rocking every single time and I think it's really about time that people start being more vocal and you know making sure that these things get to the big trades and that, you know, people hear about it. Granted, it might not do so well for your show to lose the main star, but your main star shouldn't be, you know, talking down to a, a female veteran on the show with someone who's a known racist. Nope. Known. Speaking of, <laughs> I did want to talk a little bit about Mr. Dingo. As John, as, as Ryan calls, I him. was sorry. like, "Do not throw me." Into that <laughs> I'm bus. sorry, sorry. Ryan did it. So, I just want to say, we don't have to dig too deep into this. But was anyone surprised by the behavior that was exhibited by this person over the last year? I'm going to throw this out to everyone on the panel. Um, I was for the very reasons. <clears throat> that you all were discussing in the last segment. You know, you believe that these people are like their characters because they played them for so long, or they have aspects of their characters that they're one and the same and they're not. You know, Ingo, for all my previous interactions with him um, and fan events um, and press events, seemed to be someone who was generally compassionate, progressive, you know, a real accepting, nice person. And then you see that he's kind of <laughs> delved into this QAnon hole. And it started with him denying that racism existed last spring. And then he had lots of things to say about the protest in light of the murder of George Floyd. And then that just spiraled on into, you know, liberals are this and, and look at them destroying our cities and thank you Trump. Like I have no issue with people being conservative. I have no issue with Republicans. Right. Some, of, some of my best friends are Republicans. Okay? <laughs> um, so you know, we just have a matter of disagreement. My issue is when you then cross into denying the systemic racism that is in place that have existed in this country for decades, when you deny that people, or a particular race of people, have been held back 
by patriarchal structures, when you deny the struggle of people of color, of Black people, not people of color, let me just say Black people over the decades, you say this country is not a racist country, and you say these things as you're an immigrant, a white immigrant Thank you. to this God country, <laughs> having the audacity say. to tell me what my experience is like. And that is when I develop an issue with you. You know, there's a lot of talk about, um, <clears throat> you know, identity politics. And I've been very vocal about how I'm not the one who made my identity political. It just simply is because my rights, our rights, me, John, uh, Corian, Ashley, our rights as Black people are up for votes. You know, the Civil Rights Act was voted on. We weren't given these rights inherently. You know, we weren't, when people talk about the constitution of this country and our forefathers and what we were meant to have, they didn't talk about people like us. They were not for people like us. These rights, these certain inalienable rights were not for people like us. We weren't even full people. We were three-fifths of a person, you know? So it bothers me when I hear people who have come to this country with their white privilege and then have the audacity to try to tell us what our existence is like. And that is what surprised me. The way that he doubled down on it is what surprised yeah. me. The way that no one in the soap media, and I'm not talking about our peers, like Daytime Confidential. I'm talking about the industry leaders, the Absolutely. only magazine for soaps, Soap Opera Digest, uh, soapsindepth.com, none of them did anything to hold this man accountable for the things that he said. Even she knows Soaps, which is now run by a he who still knows nothing, oh. was doing ah! pieces oh. about, oh, Ingo is, is, is so this and oh, look, at, look at his cute family. I have an issue with that because you're in the middle of controversy. You're in the middle of offending a large portion of the genre's viewers by denying our struggles and saying offensive things and you're doing puff pieces on this asshole, that is a problem for me. But yeah. that is what they've allowed to do. They've mm -hmm. been allowed to get away with it because like you said, Corian, nobody cares about soap stars and the main media. Like really, you've got porn stars, TikTokers, soap stars, <laughs> yeah. right? That's, that's true. It it's true. And like, and I think the thing is with this, and, and also just to note that was actually Ashley's point. Ashley made a great point with that. But um, the, I think the thing is with this is like you were saying, Ryan, it there someone's beliefs I don't have a problem with. It's when they get offensive and harmful to people is when people really need to be checked for that. And I feel like what it went from, it went from normal conservative beliefs and which was fine. You know, people disagreed, you know, it's normal. That's a normal thing. And then it devolved into conspiracy theories and to, you know, voter fraud and save the democracy and all of these things in the face of all of, you know, the life or death circumstances that, you know, a, a large number of the population of America went through in 2020. And the fact that that was allowed to continue to be amplified 
And the fact that this person is still allowed to be on television screens five days a week, it's so dangerous because all last year we saw these things and, you know, in different forms of media and these people were shut down, their voices were quieted as they should because that sort of behavior shouldn't be amplified, but only in soap operas and particularly looks like on this show, is that okay? That's exactly And I don't why understand I it. Ignored it. I, I've, I've pretty much ignored everything to do with him for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, I am very pro-immigration, very much. If you want to go to another country to do better for your for your family and for your life, then and you can do it legally, and that's great. Do that. But then when you get to that country, don't then tell that country what that country has been through for the past several hundred years because you were born in Germany and then moved to Australia and then moved to the U.S. Don't tell me what the fuck my people went through here. You weren't a part of it. You have no I fucking idea. So don't come over here and tell me. That's 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 the definition of of colonization. That's the Mm -hmm. that is the very definition of colonization. Do not come to someone else's land and tell them Oh, well, that's not true. That never happened. You guys were never oppressed. I don't, that's, what are you talking about? That's why, you know, this weird PR campaign they're doing with all these QAnon people where they're, they're putting them on the news. I just fell into a rabbit hole. I'm like, well, go back into that rabbit hole and throw the dirt over yourself. Cause I don't have any sympathy for you. I really don't. It's just like a cult. If you fall into a cult, mm-hmm. whose fault is that? I, I don't have any sympathy for you. It's your fault. Should know better. You're a whole ass adult. Ingo, just ugh. yeah, it it is a cult, and and I think, and it's crazy because you know we were in this so this safe soap Twitter bubble where like we knew our community and we knew our people and we we connected on these shows and we connected with our stars, and then over the last few years to watch it kind of devolve into what it's become because Ingo wasn't the only person that also fell into this cult as we saw. You know, we also discovered that the character that so many people were waiting to be recast on Young and the Restless, Chance Chancellor, comes back with a new face. Uh, face, I'll say that. Uh, comes back with a new face. <laughs> and Donnie Boyd. Very, very good face. <laughs> And it comes it it comes back. Listen, <laughs> you guys are awful. I said it first, but you guys are awful. But um, you know, he comes back with a new face, He's and it's a character CBS. that people have been very excited to see. And there was like a there was like a very strong excitement. It was like a it was like a people were expecting that the show would go back to its roots as they as the fans always do for Young and the Restless. They're expecting something like a return back to the old days with their favorite chancellors and this and that. And for a while it was great. And I think people really gravitated toward the character, but then it just took a little bit of social media digging to find that this person wasn't the best for <laughs> the community at large. And by community at large, as we've always talked about, you know, the the viewership for Young and the Restless is is hugely black. You know, this is a show that is very popular still among African American households, and you can bring it up, you know, around any of your black friends, and they for sure have an auntie who watched the show at some point in their lives. You know, it's 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 that intrinsic to the show, and for someone 
to come on to that show and then to be involved in racist conspiracy tweets and liking them and and really, really, and like Ryan said earlier, doubling down because this is something that he strongly believed in, regardless of how, you know, other people felt and experienced and know. I want to I, I want to throw this back to, to Ashley because I know, you know, Young and the Restless was a show that was also very close to your heart and I know you're not watching it right now literally fuck that shit. <laughs> but, <okay. laughs> but uh, i'm just curious you know when all of this <sighs> came out how did you feel knowing that you know a racist had snuck into your favorite show and was living it well, up well let me let me be very clear i suspect or expect most of white hollywood to be racist i just wait for them to expose fair me. that's very fair so whenever they expose it, I'm never shocked. Like this was never like, oh my gosh, no, that didn't exist. I was like, okay. I mean, I, I expected there are more people on the cast of that show who think like him, but just aren't stupid enough to actually put it into the public atmosphere. Um, so I I didn't have any real surprise with that, and didn't really care because I don't care about the character. And I mean, his face was enough to make me fast forward anyway despite the terrible <laughs> storylines they had them in um so no i mean i wasn't surprised it's it's one of those things where it's like when you say that the majority uh, such a large uh portion of the viewers for ynr is black black viewers it literally that is the most disappointing thing to me because why mm. why yeah. I, I don't understand why black people in general can't let go of soaps but this one in particular why we can't let go it's like it's one of those things where i see uh soap cheerleaders on twitter who are you know just constantly tweeting watch the show watch it watch it you should watch it is it good no but you should still watch it and i'm like why are you telling so many viewers to watch a show that's not good i would rather not <laughs> and honestly if it gets canceled it gets canceled i don't really care but it's just one of those things where it's like we're constantly giving our support and our viewership to something that does not even attempt to cater to us. They're right. not even attempting. So, I mean, Donnie. Should we even be surprised that they hired him? No, <laughs> you know? I, 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 listen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen, if you think about it. He might have you know? got hired because of that. I don't know. Like, you, think, you never know. You never know. I mean, Donnie's, uh, uh, the problem with racists and with people who think like him is that they think they're special and they're not. I, I've, I can go to the store right now and run into three people who think exactly like you. You're not special. Your ideology is not special. It's not groundbreaking. It's the same ignorant shit that's been passed down and regurgitated over hundreds of years. I'm not easily impressed. I'm not easily offended. Like, I just, I look at him and I'm like, okay, you're just another redneck. What the fuck's your point? Like, I, what am I supposed to be moved? Right. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> and I, I wanna, have a job I... and you don't. So mm, there's that. <laughs> you got two. <laughs> I got two. Okay. Thank you. But I want to throw this to John then, because my question with that is, is after this firing, because granted, there were a lot of people who weren't surprise i feel like i feel like this was something you know knowing that he was liking racist well, tweets was something people were just kind of like oh okay but uh, i i want to know john like the the this other side's argument 
was that he was fired for his political beliefs. Was this a political belief or was this more like a fundamental, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, well, offensive, th- hateful belief? Like, Here's the how did you thing. feel about it? you think it was fair? Well, I think the first thing about it, I think what's so interesting is we found out in September of last year that he had signed a, an additional three-year contract. So he was set to be with the show through February of 2023. And it was interesting that then come, what, December, January, we're hearing he's gone. When all of these issues had definitely been there already. Um, I think it's just disappointing that he was hired in the first place. It's disappointing that these people in these casting roles, especially at CBS, don't do right. any type of social media due diligence ever. With right, because mind you, we, this was found very easily and quickly and early like, on in his tenure. Uh, I feel like it was day one. Like he showed up. Yeah. And then was, the next thing <laughs> I know is Twitter's blown up with, did you guys see this screenshot and this screenshot? It was screenshot? pretty early right. on. Like you just had to Google his name and like yep. a few choice words and you could have found something. It's, it was there. And it's just like, well, well, damn. But also, he wasn't really good in the role, and he wasn't really cast well. Like, I, nothing about him worked. I mean, <laughs> I'm not one to pick on somebody for their looks. He just fit the CBS brand, is all I'm going to say. Um, it just, I, I just wasn't a fan of his interpretation of Chance, and I wasn't, I don't understand where he gained such a big fandom outside of the fact that is because of his political beliefs oh, he was I open can, with them he yeah. was very well, much just open with that and that aligned with that demographic of YNR viewers that are well, here's active the, here's on the thing media. Jonathan as soon as you are white and six feet up and you take off your shirt sometimes and you have a strong torso you are guaranteed to lock in about ten thousand fans if you're on a soap opera guaranteed yeah a strong torso that overlooks that strong face (laughs) (laughs) that's just a base level that's just like an entry level fan club base but you know obviously during the time that he came on was a real volatile time and as we saw you know as as ryan said ryan has republican friends we saw some of our closest friends and confidants and people fall to the wayside with with this whole you know conspiracy theory and i think that only probably added to the fan base <laughs> and now, <laughs> if i'm being honest and now chance is going to have a surrogate black son or daughter it's it's getting weird you know by a lesbian it's, <laughs> you know weird. like that's just I, I feel like they just decided you know what he's gone so we're just gonna spin the wheel let's double down let's double down we got a black one we got right. a gay one and a lesbian we got, like calm down like it's not necessary it, it feels like such a major course correction and i and i think it really goes back to to what ashley brought up and what you brought up too john like this could have very easily been solved by not hiring this person in the first place because this was also very easily found. And it's like, what is going on 
at these shows that it, this this sort of behavior and and ideology because at the end of the day it's not a political belief it's 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 racism it's racism and it's sexism that's really permeating the industry plain and simple this isn't about anyone being republican anyone being democrat anyone being in between or whatever it's literally about these harmful ideologies and it's like this is what we continue to see repeating and granted you know the soap industry is just another industry just like in, in the rest of the world and clearly we have a lot of fucking work to do to get it together but I feel because like it keeps happening when it happens in other industries right now especially right now i feel like it gets called out more and i feel like well actions it, it does gets more well jonathan it just kind of gets hidden well jonathan miss missy reeves Oh, was probably God. one of the Oh yeah, I forgot. She, she was a rare occurrence. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because she got she got written up in in TV Guide, TV Line, uh it was on TMZ I believe as well. And I unfortunately really? I think it stems from her 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 first, you know, rodeo with this with her Chick-fil-A obsession. Um <laughs> I think that is still that gave her a little bit of clout in the in the in the media world out there, but um, she honestly really played herself Whoa. just multiple times, and I and I think a lot of people there was there was a lot of open activism against her from her co-stars as well. I have a dumb question first, just real quick. Mm -hmm. But this is not this is coming from somebody who didn't watch Days in the '90s, but I kind of have seen a lot of Days in the '90s from an advertising standpoint. Mm -hmm. Missy Reeves, when she was in the role of Jennifer, was extremely popular, correct? Like, th Absolutely. she kind of was oh, yeah. one of the faces of Days before, you know, her little uh, alleged uh, experiences ended that uh, the first time. So do you think that her popularity is in part why, and because she's a female, is why these outlets grasp onto this so much? Because it's a, it's a oh, scandal absolutely. with a female that was hugely popular on the show. Oh, absolutely. Um, that is, it, uh, it's a huge thing, I would say so. Um, and I think there's definitely a lot of, you know, things to unpack in that because it's like, out of this list, I feel like... She's the one that, she's the only one that I think... She's really the only one, yeah, who got a lot of blood. Yeah, deservedly so. Oh, yeah. But I think she was, she was really the only one. But it's... It's really just interesting because there was it, it was it was nice to see such a public outcry against this, even if she was, you know, America's sweetheart. And granted, you know, all of the things that you just brought up aside, I, I think days was a granted it's not as diverse as it should be, we still know, but it's still the most diverse cast and I feel like it's also the cast that has each other's back the most and also the cast who is the most vocal about when you know shit is real janky and you know Lamone Archie was very vocal about it he was tweeting some real shady <laughs> tweets around then <laughs> Lindsay so Godfrey he did he was writing a list Lindsay Godfrey was not playing around you know that. Martha even Martha Madison Martha Madison wrote you know she broke it down for real um I think it, I, what she wrote was like it's so disappointing to watch folks I know either ignore or perpetu perpetuate racism and hate that we all see happening. Even more, I'll never understand using religion as a reason to only love selective groups of humans. It's anti-ethical to the whole belief system. It's gross. If someone from General Hospital, right? Okay, 
Maybe exactly, right? Know. I don't know. <laughs> she said it. She put it out there. And it's like, if these things could be said on General Hospital, that'd be beautiful. But like you said, I, I do think that there is a disparity because of the gender thing. And it, and it sucks. But it's like, at the end of the day, like Ashley said, fuck racist. You know? Well, it's like... It's like Lindsay Godfrey said, like you quoted. I don't support her. This is not a difference of opinion. There is no such thing in, when dealing with racism, homophobia, transphobia, and xenophobia. Like that, these right. are not topics for debate. This is just unacceptable. And, and this yeah, is what she openly spewed. And mean, you know, Maurice Bernard and Ingo, they would delete their tweets. Donnie would just only like them. He would never interact with them publicly. But Melissa Reeves, she doubled down on these things a lot. And she really tried to defend herself. She sent her, her daughter out mm. to try to talk down the mobs, all of these things. And it's like, I think that was probably one of the biggest fall from graces. But I think it was also important for people to see. Because I also think a lot of people kind of woke up in that moment and were like, wow, you know, if Salem's sweetheart has you know these sort of hateful thoughts like what else is everyone else harboring like what's the truth there i have to ask a question because i was paying some attention to that but again it it takes a lot for a racist to get me to come out of my my (laughs) like usually i just shrug the shit off because y'all are a dime a dozen but when she decided not well when she didn't come back to the show was that her decision or was that the show's decision so they phrased it as her decision because okay. yeah they phrased it as her decision okay that's um, what I for thought. safety reasons okay. COVID. that's exactly what i thought because yeah. i'm sitting here watching i'm like well at the end of the day she still got to make the choice about whether or not she wanted to go back to this job it wasn't like she had faced any real ramifications it was still her decision so... right true the higher-ups and part of that and part of that is the tricky thing because you'll have people who phrase their disagreements over, well, this is my political belief. And so it becomes a little tricky when you're trying to essentially, and you know, with you, because, you know, of your profession, how it's kind of tricky to discipline someone for that. But in my opinion, when you cross the line from, I believe in small government, I believe in a person's right to whatever, to, hey, I don't think racism exists and y'all are just playing a race card. That's a problem. That's no longer a political view. That is a racist view. And I think when you exhibit those kinds of, of tendencies, then you need to be held accountable. And that's why they try to make this whole thing, of, oh, it's my opinion, it's my opinion. Because... If you're if it's your opinion, then that's just your held beliefs, then you shouldn't be able to be held accountable for that. And there's I disagree with that. But as long as sorry, as long as the media as a whole ignores the genre, then you're never gonna be they're they're never gonna be forced to be held accountable. There's a CW star, I'll give you an example. There's a CW star, I don't know his name, and it's not important because he's irrelevant. Um, But he, um, his claim to fame is that he was on the Vampire Diaries and then he like left to go star in his own show that drew like a 0.0 rating on the CW, was the lowest rated CW series in history. Um, And then he went back to there and he stars in Legacies. 
he is a open bigot on social media. He has to work with Black people and people of color on legacies. Nobody likes him, yet he keeps his job because um, nobody's calling um, him out for it. Nobody's calling him out for it. And then people want to come at us, Black journalists, because, oh, well, why aren't y'all talking about this? We are talking about it. We don't have the power. We shine the light on it. We've been talking about racism in the daytime community, behind the scenes and in front for years. Nothing's changed. We don't have the power. We need our white allies to back us up and support us the way Lindsey Godfrey and Martha Madison did. The way that they amplified the voices of their black co-stars like Lamone Archie and Sally right. Sowers. Because others. imagine imagine if it was only Lamone tweeting on his own, then the optics of that mm. to soap opera Twitter at large would have been completely different. We probably oh, would yeah. still be looking at, you know, Melissa Reeves on the show and there would be more outrage directed at Lamone. Um, and it's sad. It's a sad reality. You know, it, it's not saying that it's, it's, it's a great thing. Not saying that like we need white people to save us, but with the way that things are set up, that that speaking out, I felt like was it was great because people people have been upset with with Missy Reeves for a very long time, rightfully so. And granted, like Ashley said, you know, she was still able to walk away and make a decision, and you know that clearly is something that comes from higher up. But the more people that speak out, because people need to continue speaking out about this, I think the soap opera industry could really look a little different in a few years, if it's, if it's still here. <laughs> yeah. And but that's another story. Like, you we know, do. we want it to be, but in order to do that, you need to be more inclusive. You know, it's- People are really watching now. Yeah. And there's so much, there's so much attention on on the treatment and and not just performative treatment, right? Not just performative visibility, not just performative advocacy, but substantive. There is more melanin in Salem right now than there has been in a very long time. There was more melanin on General Hospital than there has been in a very, very long time. It's a combination of performative, but they're also working on substantive change. And that's great, but now we also need our media counterparts to do the same. We need our media to give them the same amount of treatment, the same amount of coverage, the same amount of puff pieces that you do to old racists who are aging like raisins. This is the reason <laughs> that we we fight for these kinds of coverage. We need, but it's it's not just a daytime thing. You know, I, I look at I look at a series like All American, right, Corian? A show that is only on the air because of the fans who watch it. Mm -hmm. Demanded it. All American has gotten no promotion from the network this year in terms of sending the actors out on media tours. Black Lightning, which is in its final season, which got canceled, mind you, has had went six weeks without a promo. None of those stars have done network promotion. None of those stars have been, have talked about the fact that it's the final season, that they recast a major character in episode mm -hmm. four. None of it. But you know who you do see? You see the cast of Riverdale everywhere. 
Oh, God. See the cast of, of the other, of the white shows everywhere. So it's not just a daytime thing, but it's something that we notice because we're people of color and we like, mm, that's a little wrong. Why, why am I seeing this Riverdale girl? This is the fifth show she's been on. All right. It, it, any, anybody call the cast of All-American? Nah. Anybody call the cast of, of, of Black Lightning? Nah. You got them going on and on about you know, first LGBT this, first LGBT, and it's like you forget that there's a whole ass girl on Black Lightning who played the network's first out Black LGBT character. Mm -hmm. And she's a former soap star. And she gets no press. But, and I know that's, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this part, but it's also on the shows themselves for not promoting these people and these actors and these powers and presences. Like we talked about last or last year, year before, with the Ilani wedding on days, those people were not. This show did not promote these people the way they should, and it's just it's disappointing. Yeah, and I think, I I, I think you know what it boils down to. Going back to what Ashley was bringing up, just felt the soft way that you know Missy Reeves was able to leave the show, is that there is clearly a, a systemic issue you know within even this this small little industry that no one's paying attention to and we've talked about it often we've talked about you know there are still people in power who 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 need to retire you know if if these things are going if these shows are going to be sticking around then there needs to be new blood and with new blood comes new ideas and new ideologies you know these things cannot continue to persist and i think what was, you know, really upsetting to see was that one of the few non-white people that we have in the genre um, was also very much vocal and also doubled down and was very non-apologetic about her her anti, you know, Black Lives Matter, anti-COVID protection measures, all of these things in a time that was, it was so dangerous and so volatile to be speaking out that way. You know, we live in a country where 500,000 people died from this, from this virus. We live in a country where we saw black people murdered live on TV. It's so dangerous to have that amplified and to see someone who is non-white also amplify that was 10 times more hurtful. And I think the Camilla Bannis thing has been kind of hushed and pushed to the side, but I kind of want to know, like, what are we feeling about that now? Like, how do you see Gabby whenever you see her on the screen, Jonathan? Are you able to separate the two? Sometimes, but honestly, I will say it's definitely colored my perception of the Not colored. And I'm if... <laughs> well, listen, just, listen, I'm kidding. You walked made... into it. I had to do it. I did. Yeah, I've been trying really hard. Peoples in the last segment. So, oh, oh my God. We did. I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying really it. hard to be respectful on this show. Here. I know you're the like, you're the token. I'm I had to make a joke. Trying, but here, let me let me put it this way: when I'm connecting with the material, it's easier for me to separate the character from the actor. But when Great point. I'm not connecting, then all I see is, oh, well, there's, you know, this girl 
again. And I'm just, I'm not there. I have no problem separating them. The two, like, I don't blame Gabby for Camilla's actions. And I don't blame Camilla for Gabby's actions. Like, they're two separate identities. But I definitely do not enjoy the character of Gabby as much right now. Due in part to these outside sources. And I love Gabby. And I think Camilla is fine. But I'm not going to, I can't enjoy seeing her on my screen anymore. Yeah. When I know her uh, actions towards people have affected them in a negative way. And especially when it's people that I care about and you're telling me that, you know what, maybe they don't matter. Well, maybe you shouldn't have a job. So what do you think, Ryan? (laughs) I will say this. I was, I was incredibly disappointed about the, the controversy that she got herself into last year because I truly initially looked at it as, well, maybe maybe it was a misunderstanding, right? I actively tried. Yeah, I thought the doubt. same way too. And it was Ashley who not directly, but made it clear there's a lot of y'all running around with red capes and I'm just trying to figure out why. Mm. And I thought about that. And I said, why is it that I'm looking through rose-colored glasses, squinting to try to find an out for this shit when I wouldn't do it for anybody else? And that's when I had to look at my own bias and be like, you know what, because I really like her. I really respect her. And I'm doing everything I can to try to make sure that my fandom can still walk out of this intact. Now, I don't have anything against Camilla. I, I like her. I, you know, it is... I think she said something that she shouldn't have said. And I think that what was lost in translation and her doubling down was she just didn't understand what was going on. And that hurt, that ignorance continued to permeate itself through everything that happened after that. It does make it difficult to watch um, and enjoy her scenes. But it's that situation that led me to look at everybody, it's like, you know what? I'm not putting y'all on a pedestal. All of y'all are fallible people. All mm-hmm. of y'all are flawed. Mm-hmm. And it's just better if I don't keep up with what's going on in your life. So I unfollowed a lot on social media because Same. I don't. Ha- that way I can't see it. I will still know about it, but I'm not so involved in your pictures and your videos and whatnot. Right, and because into the carefully crafted image that I... Because you feel, I feel like you feel dirty after, you know what I mean? Like you, you feel like you're like, wow, like I interacted with this, this person's content. Like I was so involved in, in, in that. But meanwhile, the entire time they had these thoughts floating around in their head and it's like, well, damn, I wasted my time. You know, it it made you, it makes you feel that way, but it it makes me curious though. Now I kind of want to hear, since you talked about Ashley Ryan, I want to hear what Ashley was feeling when these these things are coming out well okay so i was following uh camilla on ig at the time i liked camilla i thought she was first of all i thought she's drop dead gorgeous i loved gabby you know all of those things followed her i saw the story that she put up and what she was saying during the uh the protest and again 
I was not shocked. Like, I don't know what it is. I think I, maybe I'm desensitized. I'm not sure. But it's just one of those things where, okay, she's Cuban. Cubans have this certain, uh, have been known to have this certain perception of black people. I get it. Whatever. That's how she feels. That's how she feels. I don't agree. But if that's how she feels, fine. What has always bothered me is exactly what Ryan said. It's always been this somersault to try to excuse people that you like for the things that they say. If Brighton James would have came out and said something against Jewish people, do you know how my reaction would be? Mm -hmm. Fuck you. That's fucked up. I'm not your fan anymore. Period. Like there is no, there's, there's nothing there that would make me, there's not an actor on the planet not even like someone who is not soap related at all someone who i've loved for for decades like angela bassett or or viola davis there's not an actor who possesses the ability to get me to change my feelings on something as serious as that so when i see everybody be like oh she didn't mean to like that or even she didn't mean like that i mean she she was uneducated she just didn't know uh she's she's a grown-ass woman so she knows um it's just i again i just don't i don't possess that i don't possess the ability to push aside you know my my beliefs in order to excuse someone else for thinking Mm -hmm. the exact opposite like especially if it's offensive to a whole race of people if you're homophobic if you're racist if you're transphobic if you're xenophobic if you're any of those i don't fuck with you period like i don't i there's no other way for me to put it to be honest with you so camilla is just one of those people that's like wow that was messed up unfollow move on with my life she can do whatever she wants. She can think whatever she wants. She can believe whatever she wants. And you people online who are give or who are putting out excuse after excuse after excuse are the ones who I'm judging. I'm not even judging her. Yeah. I'm really not because it's one of those things where people do not find offense in the things that don't affect them. It doesn't have to affect you to find it offensive. I'm not transgender, but if you sit up there and talk shit about transgender people every day, all day, or if you say something offensive, that's going to fucking affect me. I'm going to be offended and I'm going to unfollow you. I'm not going to make excuses for you. That's what that's what the privilege of white people is. White cisgender people have the privilege of excusing things that do not affect them. And it's been pissing me off for years because I don't have that privilege. I, I, I don't wish that I did, honestly, because I, I feel like not having that privilege has made me more of a, a decent human being, unlike some of you. Yeah. Um, but that, that's exactly it. If it doesn't affect you, then, oh, I could make up excuses as to why she's not wrong. Because, you know, I mean, I'm not black, so it doesn't really affect me that well. So, I mean, yeah. maybe she was just uneducated. Get and the I, fuck out of my face with that. Everyone needs to have more of that energy going into 2021. Because I, th- I think I think every everything that you know to go back to use a choice word everything that colored 2020 was like it was very it was divisive and I and I think like we can't go back to the way that we were before I feel like and and that's why I really love having this podcast is because like we get to to talk about these things like yeah we have outlines and you know we break things down in the outline but sometimes the discussion goes different ways and we we come up with things and we think of things and we see things and we realize things and these things also need to be amplified we need to hear less of of those things we need to be able to shut them out that easily you know like Ashley does and just be like fuck that you know that has nothing to do with me 
I don't want any part in that. And like, we need to amplify the truth. We need to amplify more positivity. We need to amplify better thinking. Cause I feel like as we talked about before, the grand delusion <laughs> that befalls a lot of the people that we, you know, that are in our, our soap opera community, you know, we also need some better thinking. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it, I, I think it, to tie that in, I wanted to jump uh, to another controversial person's person, someone that we've all even been accused of making excuses for. And yep. that is the current head writer, Ron Carlovati, uh, mm -hmm. current head writer of Days of Our Lives. Um, I think people, people have always confused this about us. I think I mean, the excitement that we, <laughs> exactly, right? We're mm -hmm. on his payroll. Um, like, I think I, people have always been confused about how we felt about Ron Carlovati. And it was never that we loved him as a person. We don't know that man, you know? I think people people really thought we were like, that we were literally in a fan club for him. It was never to that. What we wanted, we wanted to see his zany soap opera spark on, you know, our one of our favorite daytime shows, Days of Our Lives. That's what we wanted to see. We were excited about that because we knew that that was the kind of writer that he was. Didn't mean we excused any of the shitty plot points that he did because I can distinctly remember episodes of the TV Source podcast when we talked and really broke down, you know, the the Theo shooting stories, the 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 Gabby versus Gabby with a Y stories, all of these things and the intricacies and the the offensive things that come with those stories. We've talked about them, we've broken them down and we've held them accountable for that. But there are still a lot of people who also hold this man to a certain pedestal. And what I have to say with that is, is the white gayness is very strong. And that one, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, and, and I think that is a, a very similar thing to what happened with Camilla Banis. Um, when someone is not either, when someone is a minority, things that they do that could be offensive to other minorities are way more easily overlooked than it can be for like a straight cisgender white person. You know, if Ingo Rademacher went and tweeted something about Sal Stowers' hair, that would have been DEFCON 5. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he would have been rightfully so ruined, but Ron Carlovati got a lot of passes for a lot of offensive things that he says. Granted, he has a very strong anti-fan club on top of a fan club, but <laughs> they're, you know, rightfully so. He, he definitely has a, a large following in that, but like, you know, people were coming for him for that, but the number of people that have, choose, have chosen to, to ignore that and, and, and soften these awful behaviors, is it's, it definitely does stem from him being you know, a part of a minority group or ma majority group, if you really think about it. But my question with that, I want to throw this to, to Jonathan. What do you think, do you think that, I, I think one of the main things that people have been holding Ron Carlovati, you know, the standard to is that he is a showrunner, he's a show writer. He shouldn't be engaging in social media in the way that he is. Do you think that he 
Do you think that it's okay for him to behave the way that he is on his own? This is his personal platform. Do you think he should make a private account? Do you think he should go to Parlair with Ingo Rademacher? Like, how do you, like, what do you, what do you think? Like, do you think that he's in the right, you know, expressing, not in the right expressing his opinions, but do you think that he hasn't fully crossed that line yet? I'm just curious to hear, like, what everyone thinks about where he is in the world. And there's no right or wrong answer. We're not going to, this isn't an ambush. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. Do I think that he should be on these and saying these things? No, because I think he just needs to learn to shut up like a lot of showrunners. But we don't we allow Julie Pleck to say a bunch of dumb stuff when she's over here running the Vampire Diaries. We let all these other people go off and say all these dumb things all the time. And we never once say you should be off Twitter like daytime gets to be held the same accountable and you know what if he wants to say these things that's fine but he also needs to be held accountable for the things that he says and the actions that he says and he doesn't deserve a pass because oh it's just on twitter and it's just the daytime community and it's just uh, some dumb soap fans like no like i get that of days small viewership that only point zero 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 one percent is on twitter and only a fraction of that is following Ron and interacting with him. But, yeah, like, you shouldn't get a free pass just because, you know, only a couple thousand people saw it. It's still wrong, and you don't touch black people's hair. You don't. Yeah. So, that. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I also want to say there's no... There's no cap on when you can learn. There's no cap on learning how to be a better ally. Ron is an imperfect ally. And I'd much rather have an imperfect ally than have an enemy. And I think, hold on, I, I think that it's important, I, I, it's exhausting like as a black person trying to explain why things that you say or do are offensive or they shouldn't be done. I also think that it it's if you're willing to if you're willing to own up to your mistakes and apologize and try to be better from it, then I'm willing to be a little bit more understanding in the process because it is about people's people being sheltered. Like, there's a lot of white people who don't know. You don't touch a, a Black woman's hair. You don't make comments about Black women's hair. They don't know that because they don't have Black women in their circles. They don't have Black women friends or they don't have Black women that they're close enough to be oh. like, hey, don't do that shit. I'm not hey. making an excuse. I know, I know, I know. But I do I do want to cut you off there just real quick, just real quick, because we also need to remember that this is a white gay man and half of a white gay man's personality Woo! Come on. <laughs> is from a black woman. So this Thank person you. has studied <laughs> black women more than enough to know these things. I'm sorry. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. But in this instance, that does not apply. Also, I have to put that out there. Show me <laughs> choice of growth or learning. Shake or the to table, learn. honey. I just, Shake no, the and table. I don't, think, I don't think he has, Jonathan, but I, also, I have to put that out there. Like, I'm sorry. I get where you're coming from. I just don't think that that applies to this particular person. I think I, I get what you mean by, by um, 
I'm sorry. You you said what was he? What kind of ally again? I'm sorry. I'm blanking. Imperfect. <laughs> imperfect, imperfect ally. ally. Imperfect. Yeah. I understand. I understand that that sympathy. But I think it's like we have to think. When does someone become an imperfect ally? When does that switch to like? When do you actually go into enemy territory? And I think it's like at this point, there's been a lot of instances where it's just like, are you really looking right. out for us? Right. It, it, and, just, and, it just makes me question it sometimes. And I understand. And I understand that. And and so I I want to be clear. I'm not giving Ron a pass. I'm not trying to make excuses. Yes, I yes, yes. I didn't to, think you were. <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of just kind of put this in the realm of what it of what imperfect allies are, because we are a coalition, and there are people who are going to not be as aware of things um, because they don't because they're ignorant. Um, Ron is at his big enough age where he should know better. Um, but there, it's, it, it's just very frustrating to see someone who, again, you think is more progressive, more understanding than they actually are. And it's from this, com- from, from what happened with, the, with South Care, to the doubling down on well I don't consider that to be rape like mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh why yeah that, it's that's... yeah no I was I was just gonna say that I, I I totally I totally agree and I understand and I think what I want to throw to Ashley is like he's he's definitely known as like one of the biggest villains in, in, in soap opera social media and the soap, soap opera world but like I want to know you know is the is his rep worse than what he deserves, or do you think do you think that it's rightfully rightfully where it should be? Like, I want to know your thoughts on this, Ashley, Absolutely. as a black woman. Absolutely. Two groups that he has offended. Often. Yeah, no, he he has definitely earned the rep that he has. I'm not going to ever dispute that. I will say that when Ron is on, he is on. He's on fire sometimes, but when he's off, it's a fucking mess. And the issue that I've had with Ron's social media, you know, first of all, he blocked me when he was on uh, uh, GH. And I don't remember what the hell I said, honestly. I'm sure I earned it, but he blocked me for something. And then he unblocked me once he got to days. I don't know. But anyway, I don't even interact with him anymore unless it's something pressing like the whole rape thing. The issue that I have with Ron is... Yes, I do agree that people should be given the chance to learn and to grow and whatever. There's nothing that Ron Carlovati has shown me that has told me that he has learned shit. It, he doesn't give me, he gives me big narcissist, big time narcissist, because you can tell him, hey, this ain't it. And he'll still double down and be like, well, it is for me. And that's just all it's going to be. So there, take it, leave it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give me, you know, someone who's willing to learn and change and do things differently. I've never gotten that from him. I've always gotten, this is the way I'm going to do it. This is the way I feel. Your feelings don't really matter. He never has genuinely responded to someone who has said that they are offended by something that he's done with genuine concern he's never been apologetic he's never said oh i'll try to learn and do better i i remember when he had brought up the whole rape thing and i said well i don't even care that you're doing all this but tell me who you're consulting before you do it are you going to any of these rape organizations are you asking 
you know, rape survivors, how, how, how they felt about it. Are you, instead of answering the question, he deleted the whole fucking thread. That's what I'm talking about. Like he mm-hmm. has no accountability. He mm-hmm. doesn't account for anything that he says or does. He just decides, well, eh, you guys don't agree. I'll just delete it and whack like it never happened. That, how does that help anything? And people let it rock. And, and, and people and, just yeah. let it rock and just let and it I go. It's just the saddest thing because I, I think the way that these last two topics that we brought up, you know, Camilla Banis and, and Ron Carlovati is that like, these were people that we trusted would probably have our backs on the inside, you know, like inside agents, like, oh my God, you know, like a, a, a gay man and a Latino woman, obviously they, they would be on our side, you know, if, if things, you know, went left and there were, you know, situations like we could trust them to, to support us and have our backs. And it's just shocking to continually not see that happen and I think that's it's almost worse than you know the people that we talked about before people that oh. we expected to be to be awful you know it's yeah. it's almost worse in that way now I, I would ask you do you do you also think that the not being able the not holding them accountable for the things comes from a lack of an abdication of responsibility from people in the press? Well, what I will say, (laughs) what I'll say about that is um, soap press, there's one thing that they do not discuss and there's one thing that they will never discuss. There's one thing that they do not approach. It's, I know people who have attempted to get jobs with, the soap press and have brought up this topic and they were completely shut down immediately and it's race. They don't care to touch that subject. They will never hold anybody accountable for that. Sub- it's just not something, it's something that's ingrained in them. And because it's ingrained in them, you have to ask why. And it's because of the demographic in which they cater to Right. that demographic. Don't give a shit about that. Mm-hmm. So they're going to make excuses. They're going to ignore the situation. That's just, that's pretty much what they've been told to do. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess I don't expect anything different from them in that aspect. Right. But, what about you, John? Oh, but, sorry. Go ahead. All oh. I was going to say is that <laughs> we've now got this man up on a pedestal where he's been glorified as literally the savior of a genre and to now change that narrative and now not to be as supportive as the press as a whole has been since he honestly became a head writer the first time at one life to live since that first episode on like coming off of the awfulness of previous regimes he was placed on a pedestal where even though people want to kind of call him out for the rape mances and some of the mistakes that were made along the way to completely one admit that there's a problem and two show the flaws to this like it, it it's something that this genre from a journalistic standpoint is not willing to do because again it shows flaws and it shows problems, and it, it yeah. it's not something that other sources outside of really us are willing to do. Like exactly, we and it sucks because I don't feel like our job should be to be the voice of the people and to do this stuff. But we're the only ones out here 
really challenging things and saying, you know what, this isn't right. And this is coming from people that do enjoy some of the content that he's created, but that doesn't give you a pass for everything else. Well, that's that kind of what boils back down to what we are known for saying, which is multiple things can be true. You know, we can think that he does good work sometimes. We can think that he is uh, un- gets it sometimes and then he doesn't. And we can hold him accountable when he doesn't. We can expect more and hope that he grows and becomes, you know, the person that he he puts himself out to be. And when he doesn't, when he falls short, we can also try to hold him accountable for that as well. I think the, and I've said it before, and this is where I miss people like Michael Logan, who would call a spade a spade and didn't give a shit because of who he was. He had the platform and the ability to go toe to toe with mm-hmm. the showrunner or a head writer and call him out because he didn't need access journalism. He wasn't where you couldn't threaten him. Oh, well, we're not going to let our stars come and talk to you because you needed him. You needed right. him more than he needed you. Mm. And that's what we're missing right now. We're missing the of a TV guide being able to shine a light on the terrible practices that exist in creative. When you have the New York Times doing deep dives about the problematic stories that shows like CBS's All Rise were doing, and they were given a safe place where the writers and, and, and everyone else was able to go and explain the problems that they were having at their show. Mm-hmm. And that led to that person getting fired. You know, like it, these, are, these are the things that would be able to be done for daytime as well if there were mediums that cared about that, if there were mediums that focused. There were, during the, I'm so surprised that during the Me Too movement, there was nothing that came out about that. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Ashley, wow. you brought that up before, didn't wow. you? No. <laughs> I yeah. believe Ashley has brought that up before. It make, it makes no sense. And I think, I think, you know, going back to Ashley's point, they will never bring that issue up. And because you can even these show these publications don't even write about, you know, the waning budgets. The things that are so glaring mm-hmm. and obvious to these shows in the current state that they're in, they don't write to that. They write as if everything is blissful and hunky-dory and happy in the same way it was they... 25 years ago, when it's not. Right. Thank God it's not the same, because obviously, as we know, there's a lot of, you know, behind-the-scenes garbage that went on that was really awful and that needs to be highlighted and, you know, needs to be rooted out. But... But they don't even talk about those things anymore. Well, yeah, it's still there. And it's still there because they continue to perpetuate that and they won't talk about these things, you know? Imagine if someone had, you know, held these shows to like a certain standard and like, yo, oh my God, Days looks ugly today. We'd probably get better lighting. You know, someone would probably be like, oh my God, let me... (laughs) Let me just let me just buy the the light bulbs that are so dark. more expensive. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they would figure something out because these these publications are calling them out, and they they have a big platform, not as large as you know what it used to be, but still, um, I think that raises a really really interesting point that that you guys brought up, and I love that. But you know, this is a great tie-in for us to make it to our final boss. Um, <laughs> 
someone who has been an unstoppable force in the soap opera industry for the last 30 years at this point, um, who has, you know, multiple media platforms from podcasts to fan events to all his social media and people still eat it up. And honestly, they eat it up like chicken and watermelon. Um, oh, God. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I got my Kool-Aid ready. Oh, Jonathan, that's great because I'm going to throw it right to you because that's your boy, your leather jackets and motorcycle, uh, right? You I'm love that look. He, I think he's right down the road for me, too. Oh, uh, my God. Yep. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about <laughs> my boy, Steve Burton. Steve Burton. Here we are. Man, <laughs> the ghetto clink of it all. Um, so Right. Exactly. Bring that up. What, Let's talk about that what, and how that what, was how, ignored. How does it that happen and then get swept under the rug? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. So a couple years ago uh, on their podcast, they basically had a fan event where they recorded it a live Steve Burton's and what's his name? Bradford Anderson. Thank you. Bradford Anderson's. Yes. Yeah. On their little little show, they um, were doing <laughs> it and some what restaurant or something and then on stage like there are references to all the ghetto clanks going around oh um, don't worry i have dude. the quote what? here thank you the fuck <laughs> are ghetto clanks i still don't know to this day here here's the quote and they starting they're starting to serve the food you're gonna hear some ghetto clanks uh there's some chicken and watermelon i don't know what's going on here because where where was this it was in like it's at a predominantly black location correct like wasn't it yes in uh, i remember somewhere. that i don't remember if it was like memphis or atlanta that was or somewhere in was, la like was, Inglewood oh, or something LA? okay yes just, that's where it was okay. it was oh definitely in a california somewhere in california like it that. just was somewhere and then when they said that i was like are you serious and soap twitter pulled it out and they went through and as ashley mentioned with ron and some others he went through and edited that segment out of the podcast to make it like it never happened. And why? Stand, stand by what you said. Stand, stand by the words. But obviously they were kind of scared of the backlash. You know, they swept on the rug and nobody outside of the Twitterverse really called right. them out on this. Like, yes, we, we still referenced uh, it through podcasts and through memes and through what we discussed, but none of the trades picked it up. None of anything touched it with tin foot pole and it's now not even like a figment of our imagination and he's gone back to being idealized and people still go to these fan events and still treat them with the spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars when and, and it's the, not not right like right at all and the thing is it's like that was swept under the rug and you know that could have very easily been because we no one knows what a ghetto clink is i'm assuming I'm still you meant like pots and pan, i think he meant like pots and pans in the background like making noise exactly right like what is that what is what does that have to do with clank? anything like like I, I think the way that that was swept under the rug was really weird but you know that could have very easily been written off of just like a weird one-time thing like oh maybe he didn't mean that but then you have this last year when screenshots of him allegedly throwing up a white power sign while sitting next to Vernay Watson in a church scene on General Hospital. Mm -hmm. It just makes you think and it makes you worry. 
And it makes you wonder how this person continues to be untouchable well, at that we show. Well, see who his best friends are. Which well, yeah. we how we are like the way this is tied directly to the first person we talked to is just telling. It is very telling, and I and I want to I want to hear from from Ryan. Like, what are your thoughts on just your overarching <laughs> general thoughts? You're coming to me because I'm the number one Steve Burton fan on here. Yeah, yeah. I just want to hear. I just want to hear. Like, what are your thoughts on just like because you General Hospital is a show that is close to your heart, and you know you are a fan of Steve Burton, and you have been you know very ride or die for his character of Jason, uh, you know, in in the years that I've known you. But like, how do you reconcile those things? Like what, like what does, like not even, not even to like put you on the spot, not even to say that you're wrong or you're right, because like, these are still things that are alleged. These are things that we don't, we have no idea. It's just a weird pattern of behavior. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just a very suspect kind of behavior. But like, how do you, like, like what, like how does, how does this, this, you know, these sort of revelations make you think or make you, you question this person, especially since it's someone who's been really close to you. As far so, as like a fan to, to character. So I I learned a long time ago to separate my my fandom of Jason from Steve Burton because he's always in something. And in part because I've been involved in this show for so long covering it and I know so much stuff that has happened over the years it really forced me to look at him differently than what the image that he puts out there so a lot of it is separation because though I can like Steve Burton from afar and I can like Jason I'm not the fan of his that I once was so it's a lot easier for me to separate the two but it's very disappointing, but I'm not surprised anymore. And that's how I'm looking at things a lot more. Do you think that, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I was just gonna, this might add to your point. I was just gonna say like, do you think that he's too deeply ingrained in the show at this point? Because as you mentioned, you know, you've been a fan of him for a very long time. And like, there are characters, especially, you know, these legacy characters that, yeah, like, you know, with, like, with me, with Gabby, like, I was very easily able to, to, to get, you know, my love for Gabby out of, you know, my head, because, like, she's, character who hasn't really been, hasn't made that much of an impact on me as a day's viewer, but, you know, if something came out and, like, it was, like, Deidre Hall or something like that, you know, it would be very upsetting, but, you know, I would have to move on. I would have to, and it's, like, but is, is that character of Jason and Steve Burton, like, is he too deeply ingrained in the show for other people to move on in the same way that you have, do you think? I think for some, yeah, but I look at it as it's my re. So it's it's my responsibility to advocate and speak up for myself and people who look like me, and try to point out the nonsense that goes on. And it's hard for me to do that because I wasn't trained that way. When I came up in the soap business, a lot of it was you keep yourself out of it. You know, um, 
there were a lot of people who, unless you follow me on Twitter, you wouldn't know I was black because I don't, I didn't talk about it, you know? Um, and a lot of that changed after 2016. You know, I remember talking to Ashley, be like, Ashley, <laughs> fuck it. Let's shake the table. Like, let's do what we have to do. Let's, let's, let's hold people's feet to the fire because it needed to be done. It's no one, there's no one who's going to shine a big light on the systematic issues that are wrong at General Hospital, that are wrong in soap, period. And because of that, nothing is ever really going to get done. But I can choose to not partake in any fan events that he does, buy any products that he puts forth, you know, not really engage with him in that way. Because one time, if I'm going to be a hypocrite and I'll own it, one time I could say, you know what, maybe you didn't mean it that way. Twice, you're 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 fifty something years old. Mm-hmm. There is no way that you're playing games like that on set. Right. There's no way that you just conveniently happen to place your hand like that in that shot next to that while person. you happen next to that person. Now I don't know what his beliefs are. He does not put that out there. You know, we knew Greg Vaughn was a conservative because he talked about being a conservative sexist. But Greg Vaughn is also progressive as hell. And him and Nancy, you know, were talking about that. I don't know. And I don't care. What I have seen by your actions are you make racially insensitive comments. You make gestures that are deemed to be racially offensive, that are deemed to be a sign that you're with people who hate people who look like me. So it's it's not okay. And it hurt. Mm-hmm. Like that hurt in a way that I wasn't expecting. When I saw the picture, I went, there's no way that was not intentional. And it was in- yeah. you should know better. And I very... pulled back after, like I pulled back after that. And I just was like, you know what? Everybody is going to let me down in some way, shape, or form of something. And this is where I need to dial back how much I invest into these people. They're mm-hmm. not, I, I can like them from afar, I can like their characters, but I don't need to like them personally. And quite frankly, I don't even need to like them to be able to do my job. You're you're a person, you're a person of interest. Sure, and you're, that's you're a person just like me. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> that's how I have to look at it. Cause it sucks, dude. It, 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 like, I can tell you right now, after the nonsense that I got into, that wasn't even my fault in regards to Kelly Monaco. Like, I that was just kind of like, you know what? Yeah. My fan, like, my, my fandom is not important. Y'all, y'all don't care. You know what I mean? So it's just, it, it would, it's, this is how this is how people are, you know. Childhood heroes who I liked, Hulk Hogan being caught on videotape talking about niggers this and niggers that, and he would never let his daughter date a nigger. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's how people are when they think people aren't watching. That's who people are when when they feel like it's okay. And I have been called that enough from 
people who I thought I cared about or, you know, thought you knew, not being thought I knew to never, ever allow myself to be put in a situation like that where I can be hurt by those people anymore. It's not going to happen. So I advise people if you, you know, you can like people, don't put them on a pedestal. You can like people, but don't stand them because everybody's fallible. Everybody will let you down at some point. And it's easier to just look at that and go "Mm," and move on. If you put people in the places that they're supposed to be, don't idolize them. Don't put them on pedestals. That is is with your hurt fandom. That is a great way to close this out and bring me to my last question, which I'm going to present to everyone here on the panel. So while, you know, outside sentiment and and sensitivity to these, you know, issues has changed, you know, people are a lot more hyper-focused on these things, a lot more sensitive and are always, you know, looking for ways to to do better because we do have to do better after seeing the last year we had. Twitter's changed, the the soap opera Twitter landscape is completely different than what I remember it being, you know, when I got into it. Forums are changed, soap opera Facebook is still the same way it's always been, but but that'll never change as we expect. But I wanna know, you know, as, as as the landscape of social media changes every single day, and even within our own soap opera social media bubble, Soap operas themselves are still stuck in that one place. We talked about people who have lost their jobs on this podcast. We talked about people who have left their jobs. We talked about people who have been let go. We talked about people who are still there even after you know doing questionable behavior. Fundamentally, the common denominator of that is that industry as a whole and what it's continuing to allow to happen within it. You know, as everyone else around the industry is becoming progressive, will the industry itself not changing? Do you think that's going to be that final nail in the coffin? Uh, What do you think about that, Ashley? Well, I will say that I wish it would be. I I've as far as anything that anything that I can't look at and say they genuinely have an interest in not even catering to me or people who look like me but at least trying to be inclusive in that way I I wish them nothing but the worst that's just how I feel like if, if you can't see that there's a problem and you're still casting minorities just to check a box and not writing Mm -hmm. for them or writing for them in ridiculous ways or if you have you know a slew of actors on your show who are are spewing this type of hateful rhetoric and you're not punishing them then i wish you nothing but the worst however do i think that'll happen no because i think that the shows are banking on the fact that the demographic of viewers agree more with that sentiment than disagree mm-hmm. while while i do believe that there are a, a large group of people who uh like you said i mean a large fandom for ynr is still black but they're not the minor they're not the majority yet they're they're mm-hmm. a very large group but i don't think they're the majority i think they still cater to this one specific fan base and that one specific fan base is still outnumbering the rest of us. I don't believe that the demographic is progressive as us. 
um, I, I don't, I don't see that. So because of that, whenever these instances happen, nine times out of ten, the fandom's going to ignore it. They're going to be like, oh, well, yeah. you know, things happen. Or you're going to get those people who do claim to be progressive, who do uh, claim to believe in um, diversity, or who are minorities themselves who will see these things, have a problem with it, and still ignore it because they have such a, a love for the character for 10, 15, 20 years, however long they've been watching. So they're still banking on that. They're still banking on the ignorance of the audience. So no, I don't think that this will be the final nail in the coffin, unfortunately. Wow. Great points. Very Great well point. Said. What about you, Jonathan? Do you think that, you know, this lack of progressiveness in the industry is going to, to kill soap operas? I think it is going to be a big factor in it because I think that the lack of progressiveness in behind the scenes is also attributed to the lack of progression in front of the scenes. So from a writing standpoint, from a directing standpoint, from every other standpoint that's in this production, these shows are lacking and it's reflective on these outdated viewpoints and keeping these outdated people in these roles. You mentioned it earlier when you said that it's time to clean house and bring in some fresher point of views to allow for a diversity of thought and opinions. And it's just disappointing. And I really hope that the genre can rebound one day and that new ideas and new visions will happen. I don't think it's going to happen with these four shows. Um, and it's also that's, we are big proponents of international shows, but this stuff happens all around the world. I think the difference is those people get punished when they do dumb stuff. And yes, that's a great point that happen. Whereas when it happens in our shows, we just ignore it and we move on. And that's the problem. I mean, when you look at the, uh, I just put it this way. Hollyoaks went under some controversy last year that went public. And next, they did an investigation. And next thing you know, people were losing their jobs. And that's what needs to happen. You need to be held accountable for the things that you do and the things that you say and the way that you treat people. Um, and that's not going to happen until there are serious repercussions from it. You know, Corian, yeah. um, there was a report that was posted last month um, in USA Today that said that black spending power is on track to reach $1.8 trillion by 2024. We are a group of people that exist. We are a group of people that have money. Mm -hmm. And we are a group of people who want to see stories and shows and media with people who look like us who talk like us, who sound like us. That's more than just about the painful experiences of our past. We want more than just Black pain. And the only way that they're going to learn is if we support the projects that are out there that are inclusive, that are progressive, that are doing more than just 
performative inclusion. And they have to be good, mind you, because I'm not saying walk around and watching, you know, nonsense from like the like Oval Harry. But if that's <laughs> but it, but I will say at the same time, if that's your thing, enjoy it, you know. But there are great shows out there. There are great projects out there. There are great mediums out there, and you have to support them. You know, I'm still surprised. Not I'm still surprised. P- companies are still surprised. The media is still surprised when black-led films do well. And it's like it's it's not a surprise. Yeah, we we, we keep showing you if it's good. We've we'll wanted go see to it. see this. I t- I told you that we want to see this. We're gonna go watch it. <laughs> right. So we have to look at what's out there and put our ad viewing, put our our TV viewing, our online viewing, our Netflix streaming where it truly belongs. And those are the projects that support us because if we. It, it, <laughs> this is gonna get me in trouble. It's interesting how we had more power and more importance when we were denied access to certain things than we do when we have it. Because we were responsible for building up our own. We couldn't get access to this, well then fine, we build our own restaurant. Mm-hmm. Can give access to this bank, well fine, we'll build our own bank. We have to build our own projects. And there are people like that. There are young, hungry creatives out there who are doing great things and are getting an opportunity to produce great content. And we need to elevate them. And hopefully there'll be outlets out there that'll be able to direct some eyes to those projects that are going on. I know we will, for sure. I think, and you know, I think that's a really great point that you bring up because I think what the shows, uh, our last remaining daytime soap operas are going to realize is that we have options now. Um, You know, I I think this entire time that we've talked, you know, through this entire episode, one common theme is that we're fed up with seeing the way that racism and sexism and and classism and so many different things have permeated parts of our society that we thought were safe and that were comfort spaces for us like these things were supposed to be our little safe zones we were soap opera twitter it's it's a community you know that's the thing that we're ride or die if someone outside of soap opera twitter came for us everyone would roll on that person you know what i mean it's very it's very you know like we're we're a crew so it's to see these things continue to to come out and hear these stories, it's upsetting because it kind of poisons all of the memories and, and good times and good thoughts and feelings that you had with something that was so close to you. And I think what executives are going to realize more and more, especially, you know, starting from last year is that we have options. We don't have to watch those shows anymore at all. You are not the only show. You're not the only soapy drama by a long shot. And it's like, I, I think once they they wake up and realize that, maybe they can turn a corner, but I don't know if, I, I really don't know if we'll ever get to that corner. I truly don't. Um, but it's interesting. It's very interesting. And I think there's, I think we brought up a lot of really interesting points and I'm excited to hear what all of our listeners think as well. Um, you know, after listening to this episode, I hope you all use the hashtag SoapboxingPod so that we can hear your thoughts. Obviously, they're going to vary. You know, we brought up 
allegations. We brought up, you know, things surrounding, you know, other people's beliefs that weren't in line with ours. Our beliefs aren't going to be in line with yours. There, I'm really just interesting to hear, interested to hear all of the different sides of this because I think what we are presenting out into the world feels right for us, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's always right for everyone else. I don't want anyone to take what we're saying as fact and, and gospel in every single way because there's always going to be multiple sides to the story and how people feel. But I'm just curious to hear how everyone feels about this topic too, because it's unfortunately something we're probably gonna have to keep dealing with. There's gonna be a lot of secret racists that are just gonna keep coming out again and again and again. So y'all better buckle up <laughs> and get ready because you might lose some of your favorites real soon. <laughs> just saying, just saying. So I definitely want to thank everyone uh, for listening today. Thank you for my panel, my lovely panel, my favorite people. You have Ashley, of course. You can follow Ashley at Reckless Love with a W. You can follow Jonathan at Soap With John. And Ryan is at Source Ryan. And you can follow me as well at Not Corian. And again, please use the hashtag SoapboxingPod. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you feel. Let us know who else you hate on Soap Opera Twitter. We want to know everything. <laughs> uh, I'm sure this will be a topic that'll keep going on for a while. So I'm just really excited just to hear everyone's thoughts. But thank you again for sharing. I know this was a lot. This is a long one. This is a deep one. But thanks for hanging in there. And until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I didn't even do it this time. Ha, ha, ha.